<risa> Mario. March 3rd, 2012. It has been a long time. You know what? I'm going to check the date of our last yeah, episode. Oh. It, the January. last episode was January 15th. So it's yeah, been about I a month and a half. I moved. Yeah, it's been a month and a half. Al has moved. So yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty significant. Um, that's big. So if you're wondering why we haven't done one of these, it's because motherfuckers got shit to do. And kids to take care of. And kids to take care of. Well, you have a kid to take care of. <laughs> I don't. Um, but, uh, yes. So, we are here. And we're going to talk about shit. And we have a month's worth of backlog to really talk about. But since half the stuff I've been playing is old shit, I don't really need to talk about it that much. I'm in the dining room because I can be. Because I'm on my laptop wireless. That's um, awesome. And, you know, no one's around, so why not? Um, I, I, I am the, the... Austin of TryGames.net, a site that we really? have not updated textually in forever, um, because you know I think that's the way shit is going. You, know, you talk about stuff, why write about it? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day when I'm bored. That is what's your name? My name? Yes. Um, v. V. The Al. The Al. The Al. You can call the Al. Hi. How's the young one? He's currently not sleeping. Oh. And I think his mother is attending to him. You know why? So. Because he's so restless. He's restless about you know seeing into the future in about eight years when Street Fighter Six comes out. Five, well, eight years. Five. Yeah, yeah. Five, five. Uh, th- there's there's an there's a hidden. I shouldn't say hidden. There's an unreleased trilobite in which I you know I failed to upload it. But I was basically thinking about in 15 years when Street Fighter Six comes out, and I had to stop and think: Would it be six? Would it be seven? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And I was like, little Isaiah's going to kick his father's ass in Street Fighter Six If he's a fighting game kind of guy. If he's a fighting game kind of guy. Um, so, yes, we'll say five. Um, yes, but you're, you are settled into your chair. I sure am. Yeah. And we have a tweet from our uh, our third chair, who is not technically the third chair right now because he's, he, he's, I don't know what he's been doing, but Pete, what's up? Uh, yeah. Hope things are good. Uh, you know, no. Yeah. You know what he's doing? He's tweeting us questions. He sure is. That's what he's doing. Uh, he's also. Uh, mm, I don't think this is in our in our pre-recording pimpage, but I think he his shit's blowing up on YouTube. And when I say blowing up, I don't necessarily mean that people are watching, but I hope they are. Um, is it what is he just Riven at YouTube? Uh, I think it's YouTube.com/slash Riven. YouTube.com/slash R Y V V N. Yeah, that's him. So YouTube.com/slash R Y vagina vagina nipple R Y V V N. There you go. That sounds like fun. Um, so yeah, go 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 watch his shit. Go watch him play virtual metagames and stuff. Uh, but his question is, and this is a really tough one because it could go in any which way direction. Mm-hmm. What makes a game fun? This has been a, on my mind a lot lately. That's that's a hard question. Yeah, it is because uh, I don't know about you, but. I tend to play games that may not necessarily be fun. <laughs> and and people would probably like ask me why what do you, what do you are see you in this playing this game? What do you you know what the hell? 
<laughs> that's why. Um, that's why. I'm freaking exhausted. But um, yeah, like, why are you playing this game? Like, you don't. Oh, you know, here's here's one thing that I always get from Evelyn. You don't look like you're having fun. <laughs> what am I supposed to play video games with this big glowing smile on my face every time I'm you know holding a controller in my hand? That would be uh, nice. I mean, I I don't hardly play any games that are that. I I don't even think. Oh. <laughs> See, I was about to rela- <laughs> I was about to relate fun with difficulty, and say, mm. oh well, I haven't played a game easy enough to have a smile on my face like that. Mm. But I feel like um, if I was playing a really easy game, I wouldn't really be having fun. <laughs> Yeah, I play games to challenge myself, and I think that part of what makes a game fun for me is challenge. Um, sometimes it's super, super difficult challenge, but not unfair challenge. You know, not like, oh, uh, I'm playing a fighting game, and every time I jump, the computer jumps and counters me. More yeah. Combat. Uh, I don't think that's fun, but I think it's fun when uh, a computer... The, cha- the challenge has to be solvable. Yes, like, you know, playing a fighting game using yeah. the same um, situation where, for example, like Virtual Fighter, where the computer's like really, just really good, or when the computer's modeled after like a tournament champion in like Virtual Fighter 4. Right. Um, I think Virtual Fighter 4 quest mode or Evo's quest mode, they have um, computer characters that are based off of real people and how they play. And so, really, it's all about figuring out, like, getting into the head of a person that's actually a computer chip, which is insane to think about. Right. But, you know, overcoming a challenge like that or overcoming a challenge such as <clears throat> uh, a really difficult puzzle game, uh, a really difficult space shooter, bullet hell shooter even, you know, things like that where I'm able to do something and then even get to the point where it's like rote memorization where like um, Zork. Zork was fun for me at you know that one period of time when I was playing it. Right. To the point where I would actually enjoy just starting the game and figuring out how many moves I can queue at one time in the first turn to see how far I can get into the game just off of the first sentence. Because <laughs> you can queue moves so basically like you could go like up dot like U dot D dot you know, well, not U D, but like uh, N dot E dot S W dot U dot D dot E. So you go, you know, north, east, south, west, up, down. Right, and you queue it all up, and, it's just, and then that would all happen, you know, one after the other, provided yeah. that they can actually work. And um, so like I I knew the first steps of the game so much because I kept doing them. Like I would get past the first third of the game in one sentence. <laughs> right. Uh, but but so getting that, to that you know. solution is kind of the adventure in and of itself, and like what 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 because you solved something and you've done right. something, you've done it in a way that's kind of like absurd, but you figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why grinding is fun to me in certain situations, but it is. I I, I it must have something to do with like development or um, expectations, like you know, cause and effect, where. For example, um, I'm I'm about to start playing Pokemon Blue again, the original Pokemon Blue for Game Boy on a Game Boy. That's really messed up because um, it, it was my aunt's Game Boy, and I guess maybe after over the years she had kind of stopped taking care of it. So now the 
the the connectors to the LCD are kind of messed up, so there's vertical lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I care about my authenticity enough that I went and bought off of eBay another LCD, um, not LCD, uh, Game Boy screen cover because uh, the the screen cover that she had like the glue is completely dried up and it falls right off. So I bought a new screen cover and a new battery cover because she has no battery cover. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to play Pokemon Blue again, which is like the slowest Pokemon. And it's got, you know, pea green colors. And I just want to grind up some Pokemon and like go through the game again. The original game. Not like I have Leaf Green, which is a remake. I don't really want to play that. I want to play the original. Right. I'm silly like that. And I think that's going to be extremely fun for me. Uh, I'm trying what about to th- you? It's so like it, it. This is going to be such a cop out answer because I think the question is so broad, and and this is not to say it's a bad question. It's a great question. It's one that you know everyone should think about because that's what directly goes into making something fun. But at the same time, it's also kind of like not the same as, but on a similar level of well, if you try to explain why the joke is funny then you kind of dissect it too far and you take the fun out of it. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that trying to talk about what makes a game fun is... It takes the, game, the fun out of it. But I, what I'm saying is trying to explain it is is kind of a strange exercise that, you know, when you find the answer and you tell it to someone, they're like, um, okay. Because when you explain why a joke is funny, like, forget about the part where, oh, once you once you take time to do that, it's not funny. It's like you hear it and you say, oh, I get it. But I'm not laughing because right. the purpose is the purpose is not to make you laugh any, like a, anymore because it's you're just explaining it. Right, it's like revealing a magic trick. Right. Well, well, well. The revealing the magic trick, I think, for me, actually, is slightly different because I look at and and actually, this is this kind of would tie into what I was going to say about you know, for me, what makes games fun. But revealing a magic trick is like it's for me at least, when I see how it's done, there's still a level of like fascination of, well, that's clever that someone thought of a way to make this thing happen. Mm. And I think that's clever, and I'm fascinated by it. I'm amazed at the fact that the trick ha- works in the first place, and then I am further fascinated by the explanation behind it all. It, it, it's why when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be a scientist when I grow up. Obviously, that didn't happen. But... <laughs> It's like it's the discovery of things, and that's kind of what like part of what drives me in, in games. But to get to get back to the whole joke, explaining the joke analogy, it's more like like if I sit here and explain to you why X Y Z game is fun, unless you know, well, not you, but a per, like just a normal person, general who, person who doesn't understand why the thing is fun, they might have the reaction of, okay, I guess I kind of get it, but that doesn't seem like too much fun to me. Exactly, and that that's why I think that the I don't know if Pete was asking a general question or if he was asking a specific, a specific question, question. Like, what right. makes games fun for right. you? Because I think that that's the only way I can answer it. Is right, what makes games right. fun for me? Like I don't know what makes games fun in general because people have different reasons to play. Uh, there are people who play for high scores. There are people who play to. Uh, you know, to go from the start to the finish. There are people who want to look in every nook and cranny and do absolutely everything in 100% a game. Uh, there are people who want to be so good at the game that they can impress people. You know, there are people who only buy one game a year, two games a year, and they're like the complete master of that one or two games that they buy. 
and there are people who play like Call of Duty. What makes Call of Duty fun for you? Right. Well, um, I, that that was actually like a question that I was expecting a funny answer out of. Oh well, I should have just stayed silent then. <laughs> oh, see, perfect. What makes um, Call of Duty fun for certain people is multiplayer. What makes Call of Duty yeah. fun for other people is single player. And what makes Call of Duty fun for us is not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so I'll try to take a stab at the direct. Uh, direct at the specific and the general. Uh, for me, the general. I I think. Um, I think why we all play is, in some senses, a sense of. Um, I hate to use this word because so many people kind of take that too far and get all frou frou on other people. But uh, like, there there is a sense of escapism to it. Like, hey, like that. Well, why do people play Monopoly? Because they like to feel like they can own shitloads of property and fuck you over. But you don't really fuck someone over. Mm-hmm. You're not hurting anybody. You're not, you know, you're not ruining someone's life. For example, I, I'm just, I'm just pulling. literally. Yeah, you're not literally doing that stuff, but it's fun to fantasize about doing it because it's just, it's all fun and games. Uh, mm-hmm. Paintball, you're not really killing someone, but you're just, it's just like, oh, I, I, you know, it's something that I can't really, it's something that I can do and experience without actually um, hurting someone or whatever. And I think that with every human being comes some sense of catharsis that they need to let out. It's why. Certainly. It's it's why I guess like a lot of a, you know the the typical guy game is shooting things in the face or like slicing things in half a la God of War. We have testosterone. We have aggression in us. We want you know I'm not a scientist, so if you're a biologist out there and I'm completely speaking out of turn, or if you're Charles Darwin, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but you know we have something that drives us and we need to let it out somehow, and and this becomes some kind of outlet. Uh, in another sense, it's just like I said that fascination of discovering things, whether it's new worlds whether it's discovering how to overcome a challenge like what you were talking about in Zork, I can do this whole shit in one sentence. What, bitch? N-S-W-B-B-D. I know these are not the letters in the game, but you know what I mean? It's just a string, and then you got it. You solved it. It's like what you're saying about the magic trick. Ah, I understand now. That's cool. Um mm-hmm. And I, I feel like in any game that you play, there is some sense of that, whether it's a shitty game or a great game. Um... Like when you're playing Pac-Man, when you discover how to maneuver around the go- well, the original Pac-Man, I think was set in a pattern, right? Like, like you could actually sit there and stare long enough and learn the ghost behavior. Whereas I, think, in, I don't even know. I think it's Pac-Man, and then Miss Pac-Man, they're like, all right, these ghosts are going to behave in a certain way, but they're not going to use the same pattern all the time. But you know, when just it's it's the it's the solving of an issue. You know, some people you know get that from their careers. You know, they want to challenge themselves to do better in, instead of just, you know, in addition to the money that they get, it's, I want to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Well, like, okay, so what, what, what's, the, what's just challenging yourself? Well, it's the same thing as playing a Dark Souls. Uh, it's, it's a challenge that I want to surmount. Some people take it to video games, some people take it to sports, some people take it to whatever. So I think it's the discovery and the challenge, and for some people, not all, but for some people, the escapism that, 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 games, not just video games, but all games, kind of give us. Um, And I think that's what makes them different from toys, in that a toy is there, and you kind of discover things about it, but you don't solve anything. True. If that makes any sense. a, A toy is something that is purely for entertainment value, I guess. Well, Whereas, yes, or, okay, so we'll go with that, yeah. Because it it does nothing else for you. It, it 
technically. Well, it's it's entertainment through nothing. Through it's entertainment through just entertainment yeah, for the itself. sake of it's, entertainment. Yeah, it's not entertainment through um through anything else like like art art movies music. I think I think movies are entertaining because they like there's still a sense of discovery or 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 learning something through a story that you're told or just like being being given a world to discover through words. Music is the same way. Be, discovering what a person is thinking and how they're feeling and, and, and what, what those things can mean to you. Uh, a spinning top is amusing because it, it's colorful and it's there. But beyond that, you don't, dis- you don't necessarily discover anything that you kind of put into it. Like, if you decided to sit there and, and force yourself to, to, to gain something out of the experience of using a spinning top, then you... I mean, then, you can. I mean, that's can, where physics but, comes in, but right. then it's not really a toy anymore. That, that's a good point. That, that's a good thing. There is physics there. Um, but, like... Um, it, it's, it's not a toy anymore. Right, right. Um, now, to go to specifics um, of, for me, what makes a game fun for me, is it, it's, it's all those things, partially. Um, I think I would put most the most weight kind of on the sense of discovery, because while I... Um, I do like a challenge, but I'm not up there with you. I, I think I'm 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 a little bit more of a wuss. Like <laughs> I'm I'm not ever gonna dive into Dark Souls because I don't like I, I, I don't a lot of people say that it's a sense of accomplishment that they get from it, but like I think a sense of accomplishment just for a sense of accomplishment isn't what is fun to me. It's a sense of accomplishment combined with the discovery. Right. So I'm sure that there's stuff to discover in Dark Souls, but I think what you have to surmount to discover that sounds like too much. <laughs> um, which it's is which, possible. Which, which, like for other people, is totally fine. And I, I think that I think that there, there are games that need to be out there like that because there is a market for them, and they mm. should not, they should not, not make Dark Souls. Right. Um, which, which actually may be something that we touch on later. Maybe next time we record. And notice how I didn't say next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, um, I, I think it's. Uh, I'm trying to think because Grid is largely fun for me because I like watching it. <laughs> watching it as because, opposed to uh, playing it or uh, watching it while you're playing it. Watching it while I'm playing it. I wouldn't okay. want I wouldn't want to just watch someone play Grid. I'd have to be playing it, but the satisfaction that I get out of it is very small it, a very small proportion of it is from hey, I'm not that great a driver in real life, um but I'm somehow winning these races. Mm-hmm. But more of it just comes from like like the speed of it. You know, you don't get that kind of speed from Mario Kart. Uh, you don't get that kind of realistic speed from Wipeout or F Zero because they're all futuristic. You know, when right. I'm, you know, the the speed and the sense of 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 realism from Grid is it, without without bowing down to this is Forza and I have to really really treat it like a sim in a real car like that. I cannot explain. I absolutely cannot explain. Um, I guess that's the closest that I'll ever get to playing a game for only the story and fully enjoying that experience. Because you know me. If a game has a great story, great. I'll play on to, to, to whatever. But if a game, uh-huh. has, a game has a great story but a shitty set of mechanics, I might yeah, not play, play that it. game. And Grid is something is the closest that I'd ever get to it because it's like I, I'm, I like this game okay, but I like it more for the superficial aspects than I do for the actual elements of the mechanics. Because it's a driving game. And it's a driving game where you don't get to shoot shit at people. So <laughs> I'm not super interested in it at that point, although I can tolerate the gameplay because it's great. It's, it's good gameplay for what it is. Um, but beyond that, this is a 
that's a really difficult question. I don't know. I, I, I it, it, it's, it's everything. I would say it's everything except for what you said. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, because, like, I'm just thinking about the question that you get asked. You don't. Why don't you look very happy playing this? Like, <laughs> well, like part of, part of the reason is not is not that. All right, my facial expression and my demeanor while I'm playing a game are has different. Absolutely nothing to do with what's actually going on. R- right? No, no, no. That, I totally understand that. That's. T- <laughs> but it's. I'm. I'm assuming that you know. For example, advertisements always show people like with these mega like. I'm so amazed that what I'm doing faces. They get. They they show the shack face. Yeah, that I guess that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, it's so bad. Like, the depiction of video game playing in the media is so unlike what it really is. You watch people playing video games on TVs and movies, and they're hitting buttons, like, all over the place. Because that's supposed to tell, oh, I'm playing a video game. But if they really showed somebody playing a video game in a movie or a TV show, I guess maybe the the average person couldn't tell that that person is playing a video game. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, why do it, I have to be hitting buttons like 30 times a second? It's really funny because um, I look at your face and I look at Melanie's face when, when, when you guys are watching 24 for the first time. And like during the majority of it, and, and not just you guys, but anybody, during the majority of when you're watching a fascinating television program, your face is mostly a state of like concentrating, yeah, focus. focus. And when the big moments happen, that's when you go, oh, shit. Just like mm-hmm. when you're playing a game, you're intense, you're focused, you're looking, you're squinting a little bit, and then like when you kill the boss or the boss does something like redonkulous to you, that's when you go, oh fuck, oh shit, yeah. or, and you're like ah, or when you win, that's when you stand up and you fist bump and you go yeah like that. But for the most part, you're just like eh. Um, yeah. But I will I, I will say that I find myself giving like quizzical looks to most of the games that I enjoy. <laughs> like and, 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 and that's that's what but that's why I think that for me it's it's a sense of discovery because I'm playing I'm playing Ghost Trick right now mm-hmm. and just you know like the magic trick figuring out the puzzle the figuring out the, the the means to the end that you're trying to get to and being like I got it like the process while I'm in it I'm like hmm like what do I do here how do I figure this out and so my face automatically scrunches up and like I get this kind of like Hmm, let me try this kind of face on. And this is it's actually the same way as when I'm playing God of War or Gears of War, except maybe with, with more furrowed of a brow. But it's mm-hmm. more like, how do I get past this? Like like how do I beat this boss? Should I dodge here? Should I whatever there? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I got it. I gotta keep doing this. This is a pattern. Let me keep doing it. Now I focus and that's when my face becomes stone. But like when I don't look like I'm having fun is when I'm actually legitimately angry at continuing to to fly my radiant silver gun into the wall, or, or flying my Jamestown into the wall over and over again, you know that's my when I get <laughs> <laughs> that's when I get flustered. But in the process of it, when I'm still doing okay, you know I I do have that look of like very mild discovery combined with focus. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I think that it's all about the like figuring it like aha. And you know some people are literally just like I just want to see colors, man. True. Like I just want to see shit blow up. I want to see people die. <laughs> that, and and that's you know that's that's the other segment of the God of War people is just like dude this shit is bloody it's cathartic like I deal with so much shit in the real world that like I want to come home and I just want to be like yo I'm gonna tear this motherfucker apart well you don't have to play God of War for that you can play you something play else Call for that. Duty for that right but they choose to play God of War I choose to play God of War because I think that the boss designs whenever they do have bosses <laughs> God of War one only thing yeah. 
is pretty fun and figuring out like how do I get from point A to point B simple puzzles and then like how do I beat this guy is kind of fun what's the tactic that I have to use and that's why I don't find something like um like the X-Men arcade game fun anymore these days because it's literally just like mash dodge mash mash dodge mash you know mm-hmm. um Pete did we answer your question can you respond in kind so we have something more to pad this episode with that'd be great how would you hear this if you didn't hear the episode? So that's a pointless question. Good going. Uh, did you have any follow-up to that? Not really. Uh, I believe I've answered it for the most part. Okay. Uh, let's get to what we've been missing because we haven't spoken about games at length mm-hmm. in quite a while. Uh, let me go first because I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible and then give you the rest of the time before our, the, the chicken goes off. I have an alarm here for a halfway point. Um but I don't know if, if I had given up on overclock, uh, Shin Megami Tensei over, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor Overclocked. I was about to say Remix, but that's not mm. this game. Uh, I don't know if I had actually verbally spoken to you on the podcast about quitting the game. I thought you did. No, no, you talked to me. I know uh, that I texted you and I am you. Okay, yeah. so for, the, for, for our audience of one out there, I gave up on the game, not because it's a bad game, <clears throat> but because out of this, uh, you know, the game is seven days long. Uh, when I say seven days, I mean in-game time, not like, oh, literally 24 hours times seven. Like, the game is divided into seven games. And then there's a bonus eighth, ga- uh, eighth day at the end. I was at the seventh day. I was at the very last boss, and I was getting to a point where I was getting to the last transformation of the boss, and I was about, I was get, I, I believe, you know, because you can see their hit points. I was about a third, one-third of the way there to beating him, but every time, like, I'm just, my guys were just not strong enough. And I reached this point where I looked at the time count. I'm like, I spent, I think I spent 78, if not 80 hours on this game. I had a lot of fun on the journey. I've gotten to the point where I really am not having fun anymore. And I really just don't have the patience or the wherewithal to go back and grind out the few more levels that I need to in order to make this shit work. Um, And like any TRPG, like the, the... the stronger your characters get, the less, ex- the, the less experience... Well, in any RPG, the stronger your characters get, the less each experience point, its experience point counts for. Yeah. <laughs> because you Whether have to guarantee- it be you get less per killing an enemy or your limit is much higher. Is much higher. Yeah, exactly. And so it got to... And, and this is one of those games where you get to a point and it, it gives you... Um, it, it, it gave me... A menu option. Well, all the locations are Phoenix Wright style. They're just click here to go here. It's not uh-huh. you don't walk around anywhere, right? So by the end of the game, my menu options were go to the last boss or grind. And it's like, well, I'm at the point in the grinding where where I'm powerful enough that the enemies aren't giving me enough experience points to be able to gain levels without spending an entire hour just to gain one level or two Ooh. levels, um, or I should say one level for one to two characters, maybe three. I don't know. Um, And at the same time, the enemies were still tough enough that you couldn't just breeze through every battle. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't even like a speed grind. Like, oh, I get through this match in like five minutes, and I get another match, and it adds up. Yeah, so at the very least, it was still challenging and an obstacle to overcome, but it just became too much. And I'm like, you know what, I, I... this boss has like five fucking transformations. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm done. 
I, I collected like a shitload of monsters. I spent 70 fucking eight hours on this, and I'm not having fun anymore. I had my fun. Great experience while it lasted. I don't harbor any ill will. To, like, I'm not going to be like, this game is two stars now because I couldn't finish it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I recommend that people play this if they want a meaty TRPG for the 3DS. I think it's a great game, but I just had enough of it. Or, or I should have seen this coming and played it on easy. And I did not do that. So, <laughs> um, so I put that to bed. Uh, the next thing I did was play Chrono Trigger, which was so funny because I started uh, overclocked like months ago. And I got to the point where I am after 78 hours and several months. Chrono Trigger, 35 hours, um, I want to say three weeks to okay. a month. Just like, like it was like by the time two weeks had passed, I was already halfway done with the game. It overclocked when two weeks had passed, I had gained 10 levels. I was still in the last chapter of the game because I'd spent it grinding. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chrono Trigger, I did that. Um, the extra content, I, <laughs> I honestly have to say, with the exception of the bonus enemy that you fight in the end, um, the, the extra content only serves to make your last battle with Lavos easier. And if that's what you want out of it, without having to like grind... And I still ground a little bit. Then okay, fine, it's worth it. But the shit that you have to go through, I think I explained this to you over I am, but like I'll, I'll say it here on the cast. It's like, mm-hmm. and I wrote a blog about this on Gamespot, which I started blogging on again. Um, like a lot of the levels are like, okay, you, you end up starting out at the left side of of the of whatever stru- whatever dungeon they built or whatever room they built, and like you go- you run all the way to the right side and you move up a little bit and you run all the way to the. Le- it's like the first level of Donkey Kong. That's what it is. The first level of Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, as in like... Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That Donkey Kong. Damn. Like, you know what I mean? Because it, you're going left, right, left, right, left, right. And these levels, these dungeon designs in the extra content in Chrono Trigger, at least the extra content that you can play before New Game Plus, mm-hmm. is that. You're going left and right and winding. It's just these winding passages, and it's really annoying. If it's not going left, right, it's going up, down. You know, or diagonally, but that's what it is. And the worst part about it is, like, I will start in like a hub, like it's it's a little town, and they're like, "Oh, go do this for us," right? And then you mm-hmm. go into what looks like a forest or or like a glades area with grass and trees and stuff, right? You do the thing, and then you go back, and then they say there's something beyond there, and then you go, you have to go through the glades to get to the thing that's beyond there, and then you have to go like to, like, the mountain peak, all right, which is beyond the mountains, which is beyond the glades. So every time that they say, oh, hey, go to this mountain to pick something up for me, you have to go through the glades every time. And, like, Chrono Trigger obviously prides itself on saying, oh, there are enemies on screen, and you can avoid right. them. Well, there are unavoidable battles on the way. And it's just like, oh, you know, this is the seventh time that I've been through this stupid glade. Like, why can't you give me, like, a shortcut? Why can't you, like, say, oh, I'm going to build a tunnel or something like why can't the quests one of the quests be get me the equipment to build a tunnel to get directly to the mountain so that it makes yeah. my life easier and it's, it's not true. it's just like it's just archaic design like it it clearly smacks of yo shit we got to put some extra shit on this shit just throw this shit like that. Are you sure it's going to be good enough I don't give a shit they're going to they're, <laughs> they, they're, they they're going to, put to pay extra shit in this shit they just need to put the shit in the shit they're going to pay $30 for this regardless because everybody loves this game. Right, okay. and they paid $80 for the Nintendo one like Ugh. before this one came out uh, a couple of years ago. Like, I, I will, here, Here's what I will say. Because it's optional, obviously it's optional, and you shouldn't do it if you don't want to, but like, whether or not you should play it 
it really depends on your propensity uh, on on your your tolerance of grinding and i think for for you actually because you're you're willing to put up with something like a dark souls like this will probably be cake for you like you could just like be at work and do it and you're like oh that's fine because the 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 bonus items do make you shit powerful mm. like i took down lavas like i was scared and i'm just like eh like when i actually did it i'm like whoa that was easy but like, oh, my God, I was just like, I was so ready to put the game to bed. And then when I realized, hey, there's stuff after Lavos, I'm like, <sighs> all right, <laughs> I'm not really done with this. Let me, and, and I think that, you know, for some players like myself, you're better off just being in the game naturally and being like, that's the game that I played 15 years ago and I remembered and I loved. And I played it again. And great, that's great. Um, the end boss, the, the, the extra boss, I don't think is worth the, the like, the reveal. Like, for me personally, it might be to you or someone who's, like, so, like, eager for, like, you know, story bits in the Chrono Universe or whatever or connections to this and that and whatever. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm just like, uh, whatever. So then I moved on to Ghost Trick after that, which is not to say Chrono Trigger, bad game now. No, great game still. Just you don't need the extra content. Just let it sit. Uh, Ghost Trick is really, really inventive. Um, have you seen footage on it? No, nothing. I actually... Uh, after you mentioned it, I, you know, I said I kept hearing stuff about it, but I didn't even really actually know what kind of game it was. Right. So I had went to look it up somewhere, and I'm like, oh, it's like Phoenix Wright. Uh, no. No. Actually, no. Not a, almost not at all. Because um, it looks like Phoenix Wright. Oh, but you probably saw like the Talking Head screenshots, um, in a sense. But like the where Phoenix Wright is similar to Ghost Trick is where Phoenix Wright is similar to all point and click adventure games. Mm-hmm. The similarities, I think, die down there um, because Ghost Trick is much more in the vein of a traditional point-and-click adventure game in terms of figuring out what you need to do. Um, and, and, and Phoenix Wright is, is really, really just pay close attention, and sometimes you'll have to make leaps in log- logic, but just pay attention to everything that everyone's saying. In Ghost Trick, it's like other adventure games where it's just like, look at everything in the environment. Look at the, th- the look at the way things react to one another. Look at the way at, at look at the way that things behave. Objects in the environment, uh, people, uh, whatever. Look at how everything behaves in a cohesive unit and figure it out. It it almost becomes a Rube Goldberg machine because so so. Let me very quickly explain. Um, you so obviously you're a ghost, and you mm-hmm. can possess certain items, certain items on the screen. Like they they they, they don't let you possess every single thing. Um, and, but when you possess something, like, you, it's all 2D. You only have a certain range from being able to jump from object to object. So if I've got, like, a laptop and then a phone and then a set of keys on my desk, like, the, what I'm doing is I'm possessing the laptop and then I can move to the phone and then I can use it, move to the keys. Oftentimes, the objects that you possess are simply there such that you can traverse the level. Um, so now I'm trying to paint a picture of you uh, of the mechanics for you. So you're basically jumping from shit to shit, um, and you can only jump so far. So sometimes it's like, uh, can I manipulate anything in the environment? Can I manipulate what I'm possessing in a certain way to allow me to get there? So let's say that there's a broomstick leaning against the wall, and I can possess that broomstick, but I can't possess the thing on the other end of the room. Well. Okay. The broomstick might let me trick it, which means, like, if I, if I press the A button or I press trick on the screen, the broomstick will, like, shake or something, right? The game will always tell you what you can and cannot trick. So if I trick the broomstick and I shake it, the broomstick may fall over. And in falling over, it falls flat on the ground, and it lets me get closer to that thing that I need to possess on the other side of the room. 
Okay. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Sort like, of. You're, like because because each object has a core that you possess, and it's it's clearly visible on the screen. You know, so you can clearly see this object is too far away from the book that I need to possess. Like, I need to do something. Like, like if it's a if it's a lamp, like let me retract it or extend it. Or if it's like an ironing board, or if it's like a a DS style a three DS stylus, let me let me extend it so I can so I can like get closer to this thing that I need to possess. And like taking that a step further, like sometimes the things that you possess and you you make do something like oh if this is a teapot I will open the kettle so that like steam comes out of it. You have to see how that affects the people in the environment. Like you scare the shit out of them and they do something. Mm. So it's it's all about solving those puzzles of how can I manipulate the stuff in the environment to scare people and it's basically a good version of Geist. <laughs> a a what version? A good version of Geist. A <laughs> good version. Because I played Geist and man, that was a janky ass shooter. And I know it's not supposed to be a shooter, but it's still janky ass. Yeah, I gotta um, check it out because you gave that to me, I believe. Yeah. Because you remember, like, I was saying shit like, oh, like, you can possess a, a bowl of food, and yeah. when the dog comes over to eat the food, you can possess the dog. Same same concept. Same exact mm-hmm. concept. Um, and, again, it's all about, like, the, the discovery of how do I do this? How do, how do I get from here to there? And also, there's a very intriguing story behind it. Like, a murder mystery, it's like, oh, you, like, you, you have amnesia because you're a ghost, and now you have to find out why you died, and, like, the only, like now you have to save other people from dying and the way you do that is it's this stupid like rule set and I say stupid because not because it's actually dumb but because it's like silly science fiction it's like oh it's like when you're dead and you talk to another dead person you can save his life by rewinding time four minutes before he died and if you fail all you have to do is rewind time again so they bake that kind of like you can have infinite restarts in to the game okay um so basically, it's it, it's more akin to a LucasArts game in which you cannot die and you don't have to see a game over screen and like, well, no, you do see game over screens. I, that, that's wrong. You can fail, but it's not like oh, you have three chances to fail and then you have to start the chapter over again. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Wright is basically if you press too hard or you get too many wrong too many wrong objections or whatever, you have to start the chapter over again. Yeah. Or you go to your suspend game, which they don't explain very clearly. Um, very fascinating game. It almost turns into a Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. Oh my God, Rube Goldberg machine. Literally, a few times, and that, that worried me because I told you that the gameplay is kind of like Rube Goldbergish. You have to figure out how one thing affects the other. Oh wait, this I don't think you told me because I don't know what a Rube Goldberg machine is. Well, I said I I, I said Rube Goldberg a couple of minutes ago, but a Rube Goldberg machine is basically one of those things where it's like. That you stick a whole shitload of contraptions together to, to solve this one little puzzle. Do you remember the episode of Family Guy where Peter was like, I never should have bought that breakfast machine? And then it flashes back to this thing where like he drops a little ball into like a little hole and it goes through and it makes all all these contraptions work and like react to one another. And at the very end of it, a gun shoots him in the arm. And he's like, this isn't a breakfast machine at, go- at all. It just shoots you. I, Do you remember is that? Is this like a recent episode? No, it's one that you definitely saw. It was a long time ago. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but like I don't remember it like that anymore. Like it, it's it's this whole contraption that's set up. He drops the ball, and then the ball kind of goes down a little slide, and then lands on like a little seesaw that like springs something else up into the air that hooks onto a la- ledge. That like sh- it, it's basically like this this really really overcomplicated contraption just to, designed to just to shoot him. <laughs> right. Well, you know you know what that makes me think of. It makes me think of uh, the song. 
It is exactly that. Like, yeah. I'm sure you've seen such things in old Warner Brothers cartoons and exactly. stuff like that. that. That's what it is. It's just like, it's like, it's like a super complicated version of just like flicking a domino. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what it is because, you know, a domino is just a chain reaction. It's just knocking over the other dominoes. Mm-hmm. Now, take that and say instead of a domino, it's going to be a ball that, like, makes this thing open, that, that lights that thing on fire, which, which makes this which shoe makes... kick a, a cow and right. the cow moves and right. the sound effect breaks yeah. down a wall. And, 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 that, and that kind of mentality applies to Ghost Trick where it's like, oh, you do this one thing and you figure out how to manipulate that other thing to make this other person do this other thing. Mm. Well, that is – mechanically, that's kind of Rube Goldberg-ish, but then there are certain areas in the game where you are literally possessing pieces of a Rube Goldberg machine, and that – I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but if they keep on doing this, that's too tongue-in-cheek. Like, that's too much. Like, yeah. it's kind of – like, for me, it's personally like I was more fascinated by – making people do certain things based on what you do. As opposed to literally doing the machine. It, it literally manipulating contraption. Like, there's this one level where you have to hide a girl from a murderer, and the way to do that is to throw something under the couch so that she tries to go after it. Once she goes after it, the murderer opens the door and he doesn't find her. That's how you save her, but mm-hmm. you have to fire it, find out, how am I going to get this girl to get under the couch? And that's what's fascinating. That um, is pretty fascinating. Yeah. I'm running out of time here for my part because I want to hear what you've been playing before uh, after the break. So I've been I've been pushing pushing Mo Mo's in push Mo. Um, I maybe I maybe three fifth three eighths of the way done. And I bought Assassin's Creed Revelations for twenty five bucks because of Steam. Thank you very much, Steam. I love you. Um, and so far I haven't seen anything to shout home about. Like, oh, this is a great new play mechanic, but it's like you know what? It's more Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. I, I I will I will plead guilty to being satisfied by more of the same. But I, in my defense, I really, I did pay half price for it, not full price. So don't yell at me, people. I paid um, just about as much for my Xbox One too. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, and I and got it like on launch. <laughs> on launch for half price. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I manipulated a sale and uh, a, a coupon that I got with Zelda. Yeah. So uh, I will. I bought it for like thirty bucks. I will say that I, I got one funny screenshot out of it. Like I killed the dude, and he some he fell. Uh, like wedged in between this like this really big block and like the wall, mm-hmm. such in such a way that and you've seen the Facebook picture, yes, but I in did. such a way that his arm was like raised in the air as if he was fist pumping while he was dying, <laughs> and like it was one of those things where it's like yes, this makes total sense because it's not shitty ragdoll, it's actually ragdoll that works because if your arm was wedged in the block in that certain angle. Your arm totally would be up in the air like that mm-hmm. because it goes past his elbow and it locks his elbow up. And yep. I'm like, this is the funniest picture because I'm juvenile and somehow this is funny to me, so I have to post it on Facebook. Um, have that's you poisoned what been, anybody I'm, yet? Yes. I love I love poisoning people because ever since Assassin's Creed 2, when you poison them, all they do is go sh- batshit and they take whatever weapon they're holding and they swing it around as if like, <laughs> there's some unknown assailant coming after them like, I'm dying, I'm dying. I, I, I don't know what's killing me, but I'm it's around here, and I'm going crazy, and I'm swinging my sword, and I don't care if I'm accidentally hitting my Templar friends because that's what I'm doing. I, I'm dying, and I have to figure I, – I, I, and then you die. See, I've never I – don't, I don't recall poisoning anybody in Assassin's Creed 2 or Brotherhood oh my God, because I usually shoot thing. them. But in Revelations, I just love that animation where they do the – they throw their arms around, and it's like they're doing a dance. 
Yeah. And then it gets stronger and stronger. They start like waving their arms up and down, and then they finally die. I, 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 I would poison people and just sit and watch it. I love, I love the, the worst. Uh, the worst part about that though is like I like there were there were uh, quests in Assassin's Creed Two where you had to you know not lose your target. Mm-hmm. So I would poison someone and then walk away from him as he was dying, but then I would walk too far and it would say target lost. Ah. And I'd have to like do the whole thing over again. I'm like, oh, you you really have to like sit here and watch him die. But or 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 no no no, I, that might not have been it. I think it was something like. I poisoned one guy, and as he was dying, the other person was close by, and so I went after him. He saw me, and he he uh, uh th- there was some time limit, and like the other person was still dying, and then I didn't kill the other guy within the time limit, and so the other person like because the other person wasn't fully dead yet, I failed the mission. Mm. Um, it's kind of like when I killed the guy who was escaping by boat on his boat. Oh yeah, but because he got to his boat, I failed, right. even though I killed him. So. Um, but all right, that's it for me because I want to hear what Yo Ass has been playing, and if we have enough time, maybe we get to this this topic that's very interesting about Dark Souls. Yeah, if I don't not, think we'll get into that. If not, we'll save it for next month. <laughs> but we're gonna take a quick break. Um, I'm gonna turn on the lights in this dining room because it is still getting dark early on in New York City. So we'll be right back. Yeah, I'm gonna sit in the dark. So Al, we are back. I would like to yeah. know while I refresh the inbox what you have been playing for yourself, um, sir. I'm playing a couple of things. Um I had decided to go through uh Mario Land 2, 6 Golden Coins, so I beat that and um the game is easy. Like the last dungeon is it, it was kind of actually the last dungeon was pretty tough. Um like it took me a good 20 minutes, half hour to actually get through because there's certain parts of it that I, I think it was because I was playing like 3 or 4 in the morning. Um, it just made it a little bit more difficult to navigate jumps and stuff. But Wario himself is like cake. You know, he's <laughs> jumping his head. Um, Mario! I, uh, let's see. Played that, I beat that, and I also beat something else that I can't remember. But that's okay. Um, I mean, like, you know, whenever I can, um, playing, uh, random stuff. Like, I played Wario Land 4, and, um, I played, uh, what was that play? Are are you kind of, are you kind of lazy Susaning it? Because I think what I've been doing recently, and I'm just saying because usually I don't do this. Usually I'm usually I have too much, like, ADHD to focus on one game. But, like, ever since Devil Survivor, I've, I've, been trying to take down one game at a time, but while distracting myself every so often with like pushmo or something else. Um, well, what I do is that if I have a couple of minutes, I'll play one of the GBA games that I got from Ambassador, um, right? Or a Nintendo game. Like I play a little Metroid, um, just to just to play it, uh. <laughs> um, and to see how much I remember and 
I don't really remember much anymore. Oh wait, before you go on, I'm gonna peat you. Uh, I also I also bought and played the shit out of Rhythm Heaven for DS. Okay, continue. Ah uh, yes, I bought played I bought Rhythm Heaven, but I haven't played it yet. Oh, okay. Um, I will move on to stuff that I actually really played. Okay. Uh, I bought Dylan's Rolling Western, that 3DS game uh, downloadable that was announced during the Nintendo Direct where they basically talked about a whole bunch of new games that were coming out for 3DS yeah. and Last Story for Wii. Um, and they revealed the box art for Xenoblade Chronicles, which wasn't what I picked, but I I thought it was pretty good too. So that's pretty good. I'm going to go good. find that because I forgot what it looked like. What, the box The box art, yeah. The final box art? Yeah. I'm going to look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, like the forest wooded ruins box art. Um, I, I actually, like, I was like, alright, great, another RPG, another JRPG that I kind of probably wouldn't care about, but then, like, I actually read about what, like, what kind of world it was. It's like a, it's like an expansive open world instead of just, like, typical JRPG, and I was then I was interested. I was like, okay, this sounds mm-hmm. like a departure for what I'm used to out of an RPG from Japan, so right. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Um, I, I really like Dylan's Roman Western. Uh, I like the mechanics of it. It's like um, a tower defense game. But at the same time, it's an action game where uh, basically the tower defense part of it is that uh, the enemies, which are called Groks, they are walking toward the town. You're supposed to be protecting the town because of the livestock, uh, which they call Scroggs. Counting these Groks, bitch. Uh, You have to protect them from the Groks because Groks like to eat Scroggs. And... uh, they are walking on the overworld and you can set up various towers with weapons to attack them as they're walking by. And sometimes uh, some of them will at- actually attack the towers whether they have weapons in them or not. Um, right. And you have to you know, basically run around and stop them because if they destroy the tower, you have to pay money to right. rebuild it. If they do damage to the towers, you have to pay money to repair it. And the money comes either through um, your reward at the end of, you know, I think at the end of the day, you get money um, based on how many Groks you kill yourself, how many you kill by towers, and the thing is they give you more for destroying the Groks by tower than if you were to kill them yourself. So you have more of an incentive to actually do the tower part of the tower defense. Um, but when you run into them, you get into a battle where you have to roll into them, because basically Dylan is an armadillo. Right. And uh Dil- Dylan to- the Armadillo. Get it? Right. Two pox. <laughs> a hook, a hook, hook. <laughs> um partner. So uh the way the game works is for for action is uh you take the stylus on the you put it on touch screen somewhere and you throw it back to um charge up a roll, basically. So yeah. you move the stylus from the top to the bottom of the screen and you let it go and he rolls. Uh, in the overworld, you can do that to, ch- to navigate the area much faster because walking obviously is not going to get you anywhere. So you just roll and you keep periodically doing the roll to accelerate. And if you press the stylus on the screen, it will allow you to break so you can kind of slow down and turn. And if you hold the L trigger, you grasp, you grasp your claws on the ground. And that is more like a hard stop. It's like, like a, a break. handbrake almost. Yeah. And, um, you know, basically, it's, the game goes in three phases every day. Uh, in the, I think there's three days. They they attack in three day waves, but 
um, the the beginning of the day, you're just going around looking for scruffles to to increase the number of scrogs that you have in the, in the village, so that you get more money. Scrogs. Um, you go into mines to get gems and other rocks and things like that. The rocks are used to build gates to protect the town or village, I should say. And <clears throat> you can uh, find ancient ruins, and in the ancient ruins, you can open those up with the rolling attack, and you can get pieces of heart. Pieces of heart, of course, much like Zelda, except you only need three pieces, I think, to get um, an extra heart. So um, you do that for the for the day, and then the sun starts to set, and they're like, "Okay, if you have any business in the village, do it now, because once the sun fully sets, you can't do anything. You can't go back. You have to attack the Groks." Now, I- so then once the sun fully sets, the Groks come out, and whatever you have set up, like you can set up towers, uh, but usually you probably won't have the money to, because if you did, you'd do it in the daytime. Uh, but they come out, and you have to eliminate the Groks before they attack the village, and you get money based on what you do. Do that three times, and it gets harder for every day. And then you move on to the next town where there are new challenges. You get new moves based on equipment. You can buy new equipment, and then there are new grocks that come out that do different things. Uh, I'm only on the second stage at the at this moment because I found my PSP charger and uh, charging my PSP, and I've been playing Hexus Force. Which I'm trying to finish because Hexus Force Ooh. is basically two 25-hour RPGs. Can, can I jump in real quick? Yes, I had a question about Dylan's uh, rolling Dylan's because I <laughs> I was watching a I was actually watching a quick look um, on Giant Bomb about it because they they started doing a lot of coverage over 3ds uh, downloadable games which is kind of cool. Um, okay. But I was I was reading a quick uh, reading a quick look. I was watching a quick look of it, and the one thing that concerned me was um, during the combat sequences, during the actual defense part of the tower defense part, like mm-hmm. you basically it's kind of like. Um, an RPG style where you bump into the enemies and then it opens up like a combat arena. Yeah. And all I saw was like kind of the same enemies over and over again. And then like there were 20 enemies on the map screen that they that they had to defeat. And each of those enemies, except for the boss monster, was kind of made of the same group of enemies that you would kill in the same way. So I was going to buy the game, but then I saw that. And my concern is, you know, stage after stage after stage, do they change it up enough? And I know that there's a lot... That they that that you have to do before the combat part. I'm just worried, knowing myself, that I might get tired of the actual combat of just like roll, 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 same enemies, roll, roll. Here's a boss. Um, I'll say this: one, uh, because of the incentive of uh, getting more money based on destroying enemies by tower, you'd be more keen to not getting into those encounters with the basic enemies and using the towers to destroy them. Okay. Uh, so so it's better to just you know man up and like learn how to use strategies properly instead of saying okay I'm just gonna go kill everything manually like like brute force. Well, yeah, because if you do if you do try to kill everything manually brute force, uh, two things will happen. One, you won't get enough. You won't get a lot of money. Right. At the end of the level, and two, uh, being that the grocks that are still on the map are moving while you're doing all these encounters, there's a higher chance that right. they'll reach the town. So that that that's uh, good to hear. That is good to hear because it's kind of it, it sounds kind of like and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds kind of like the game's kind of organic way of saying, "Hey, I know this is kind of boring, but you're not supposed to be doing this anyway. You're playing it wrong." Kind of. Kind of. Uh okay. because there are enemies that um 
I I don't know I don't know because I haven't really gotten that far, but I've seen two different kinds of enemies other than the basic one and the boss one. One is uh, a gun grok. Basically, it it has like a gun for its mouth or its nose or whatever, and they tend to attack your towers from across the river. And usually those are towers that I haven't constructed yet, so they can't shoot back. So I have to run over there and fight them. And those guys, they um, they 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 require you to use a strategy where basically you have to allow them to shoot at you, and you dodge the bullet that they shoot. Um, that causes when they shoot the bullet, they like flip over and they're immobile. So that's the only time that you can attack because if they're trying to shoot you and you try and attack them, they'll just dodge. So that's a particular enemy that you'd have to attack and then you wind up fighting one of those and like a couple of the basic ones and the basic ones are just there to kind of screw you up um and then there's this one that steals your money <laughs> like you're just going around on the overworld before you even get into like the the nighttime this is like daytime and one would just come out of nowhere and take all your money and then you have to it runs away you have to catch it and you get your money back when you kill it um i don't remember if those had any kind of different um movement to techniques i'm pretty sure that it was different but i only fought once so i don't remember um also you get abilities like uh, i don't know if you saw the abilities in a quick look uh, like uh, you're able to link attacks and um you're able to do in in the second level you're able to do a grind which is really cool like like kind of like a charge up to, to max no no or, um or is that when already, you charge? Is that normal? That's that's your basic move. Oh, okay. The rolling attack, and then you can charge up to maximum, and then do um like an explosion. But when you get um, basically they teach you after the first level that you can practice moves. And <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> with your claws, <coughs> with your claws, you can uh, basically before the claws. You charge and then you attack. Once you hit them, you hit the screen like as soon as you hit them, and it allows you to bounce off of them and attack somebody else or that same character with your claws. And then when you hit them with the claw, you wait a moment and you tap the screen again and you can move and you can basically link and attack somebody else with your claws. And that's um, a more effective way of handling multiple enemies, especially the light ones that can actually be killed in a claw move. Or you hit them with a weak attack with a roll and then claw and then they're dead. You move on to the next one and then you claw. And then as you get better equipment, you can do more claw attacks. Um, in the second level, you get spikes for your for your shell. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you roll into them, you hold the, the stylus against the screen. And it allows you to grind up against them and whittle away their health that way too. So there are multiple um, moves that you can do. It's not just, you know, you got to roll that guy, roll on this guy, roll on that guy. And then there was something else that I had to learn from after finishing the first day. You can roll in different directions. I thought you were only limited to rolling from the bottom of the screen to the top. But when you're in battle, if you do a roll, like you uh, take the stylus and take it from the top of the screen to the bottom, and then you rotate the, the stylus around this touch screen, you can actually change your direction. Oh, mid-roll? Before you roll. Oh. Um, that I didn't know. I thought that, like, one of the limitations of the game was that you could only roll from the... So you, there were enemies that were under me, and I'm like, oh, I can't attack them. I don't know what to do. So I would try and, like, manipulate them to kind of go above me in the screen so I could hit them. But then I learned. Right. I'm like, okay, this game is a little bit better now. 
A little bit. Uh, <laughs> Not that much, bit. but a little bit. I mean, I, I, I haven't played it since because I've been playing Hexus Force, but when I get back to it, um, I'll have a, a much better gauge of how much better the game is. As, as, like, when I get to the third stage, I want to see how much it changes. Right. I'm sorry, so uh, Hexus Force. Yeah, Hexus Force um, is getting a little bit more interesting. Like, it, it hasn't really been interesting to me, and this is one of those, like, why are you still playing this game? Like, is this game really fun to you? Yeah. Uh, because the game is, it's just, eh. but I really well, want to see what how this kind ends of game up. is it again? It's an RPG. Okay, a regular old standard RPG, good graphics, and you know, Atlas was saying that this is one of the going to be one of the most epic stories, and that was like the reason why I played it. I'm like, okay, I gotta check this game out. It's like two RPGs in one, and they 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 weave together, and I, it's supposed to be an epic story with the classic gameplay. And weird, because it's a Sting game, so you know it's it's got some weird systems in it. Yeah, and it's not like too um too abstract, where like Riviera is like what the fuck, and then like Adrian I need to get like, back to Riviera. I don't understand it. Nights and Nightmare, like huh? <laughs> it this game is a little bit more straightforward. It's just that like there's um there's no money in the game, so you upgrade the equipment that you have and. <clears throat> you fuse together different objects that you get from drops and that you find in the environment to make equipment. Uh, but right now, like, the way the story's going, it's a little bit more interesting than, oh, gosh, I can't wait, t- like, until the end of this game so I can poo-poo on it to everybody. Oh, there is a, there is a quick look of Hex's Force on Giant Bomb. I will go look at mm-hmm. it one day so I can see what you're talking about as well. Um, but... You know, after I finish this one, this is the dark tale, um, cause the world in the game is split into a light and a dark half. Uh-huh. The light, there's a light half and a dark half, and one of the games is based on a girl who lives in the light half, and the other game is based on a guy who lives in the dark half. Mm. And That's their racist. adventures intertwine, basically, and you see, like, I'm playing Levant, who's the dark guy. And That's racist. <laughs> he's not dark. <laughs> He just lives in the dark oh, world. Oh, 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 oh. But, you know, there comes points in the game where you meet the other person and then you have conversations with them and stuff like that and their crew, their party, and then they go off to do something and you go off to do your own thing. So you think to yourself, okay, well, when I play the other person's game, I'm going to be coming from some other adventure and then I'm going to meet him, talk to him, and I'm going to go off and do what I saw them do before. Right. Except I'll be doing that. Right. It's it's. I'm trying to think... Not really like Crisis Warhead, but in the kind same of. in the same spirit of in the same spirit like, of this th- is happening. These two at are the happening time. at the same time, and now you get to see the other side of shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that that's the main reason why I wanted to get it, and I'm I'm starting to see. Yeah, this it's 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 coming to be something a little bit interesting. So I'm 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 really I really want to play it now, right. which is good. It was better than like. Okay, I have to play this game. Like, all right, I've invested twelve oh. hours into it. But you know, given it's a twenty-five hour game, I was expecting it to like ramp up really quickly, but it didn't ramp up until twenty hours. Oh. Um. Let's see. What else have I been playing? I honestly have not played any console games because uh, actually I didn't set up my consoles until probably like last week or two weeks ago. And even then, like I, I hardly have any time to play something on my TV and focus on it. Right. So I've been playing nothing but portable games and, you know, at work, at home, I'll play a game for like five, ten minutes. Uh, I did 
try and get on this crusade to finally finish Paper Mario mm. so, uh, for N64. So I brought on my N64, my controller, and my Paper Mario, and I finished the first chapter again. Uh, I got to start that. I was really trying to see if I could finish it like, you know, seven days really close to each other. And I really wanted to play it today, <laughs> but I didn't get any time to. I hope I can maybe find some time this week to do chapter two. You know why um, I want to play my Paper Mario? So I can play a thousand year door. So I can exactly. Get, so I can get back into Super Paper Mario and actually know like know the backstory about. It. Not not that it's like that I need to play it in sequence, but right. I always felt that I was kind of empty just jumping right into Super Paper Mario. And that's how I feel. Like I don't have Super Paper Mario yet, but I have Thousand Year Door, and I I was packing up stuff. I'm not packing, unpacking stuff. And you're here. looking at this, and you're like, oh. and I looked at, it, I'm like, damn, I need to really play this game. Yeah. And then that's why I pulled out Paper Mario. I'm like, I'm going to do it this time. Yeah. And Super Paper Mario is now $20, finally. Nice. And or it could be free if, if you borrow it from me. <laughs> and, or it could be free if I borrowed it from you. Uh, but I'm just going to say that, oh, oh, I I did manage to play something else that I, is worthy of talking about. Um, on Steam, I've been playing this free-to-play MMO bullet hell Co-op RPG. Oh, okay. I heard about called that. Realm of the Mad God. Oh man, I'm a god and I'm mad. Oh, mm-hmm. I pray to my face. Mad. It's it's a funny little game. I'm uh, mad. It's got eight big graphics, mm. and it's an 85 player co-op game. Oh, that's it. We mean that's it. <laughs> it's mag mag is out there, bitch. Why I care about this 85 player shit? 85. Well, I'm kidding. Mag is that's like nuts. What? That's 85 is nuts. Yeah, but Mag is what 160 or something like that, or 64, like 256 or something like that. 256. Yeah, I don't even know. It's, it's it's. I believe it's 256. It was 128 and 128. Oh. Okay, that's a little bit bigger than Realm of Mad God, but Realm of Mad God basically is a bullet hell shooter, technically. Uh, set in a medieval land. <laughs> How you have a bullet hell shooter set in a medieval land? Um, Jamestown. No, no, no. Jamestown is set. In colonial civil war, that's different. Oh, it's it's this but it's old is... enough that uh, that you could that you could you could kind of see how they could go with medieval, uh, with bullet hell, arrow hell, rock yeah, hell, but the thing is, stone hell. Have, all right, you start out with you you the way the game works is that um, and I'm not talking about the gameplay. I'm talking about like the system, uh, the free to play system is that uh, <clears throat> you have a whole bunch of characters that you can choose from. But they're all locked, mm. except for the wizard. <laughs> and what you have to do is you have to get to level 5 with some of the basic characters to open up the other basic characters. And then you have to get to level 20 with certain characters. 20 is the maximum level. So you have to get to level 20 with other characters to open up the more advanced characters. Mm. Uh, so when you die, you die. That's it. If he your dies, dead, he dies. You lose your items. And you, you basically gather fame based on what you've done in your character's life. And um, that fame can be used toward class quests and stuff like that. And uh, Then there's gold in the game, but the only way you can get gold, as far as I know, is by supporting the developers. And the gold gets you just stuff. And I would I would put $20 into the game and get, like, I think you get, like, 2,500 gold, something like that. Because it's free to play. It's free to and play, And that's right. how they get you. Well... You don't really need to Or buy that's how anything. they make their money. That's how they make their money to, you know, but yeah. it's more of a, a, a support to developers kind of thing as opposed to, well, you can't really experience this game until you put in money. Well, yeah, yeah. 
Because the, the, oh, there are a lot of games that are like that. Yeah. Um, there was a game that oh EverQuest. They just made EverQuest quote unquote free to play. Like you know that twenty year old Sony yeah. online entertainment game. But you can't really do anything. Everybody knows EverQuest. The the, the game that made you buy the game whose sequel made you buy extra RAM or came with extra RAM in the package. <laughs> I feel like I uh, keep talking. I'm gonna find this. I'm gonna find this. Okay. Um, but yeah, EverQuest recently went free to play and it's completely not worth it because you can only get to like level five and you can't go beyond a certain area or something like that unless you pay for a subscription, which is ridiculous. But, um, the way this free to play works is like you can play the game and you can, you know, you're running around as a priest or a wizard or a warrior or a rogue or archer or whatever the other classes are. You don't have to pay. You can just, you know, play through the game and level up the characters to whatever levels and then die and start as a new character. Or you can pick a character and just stick with it and try and get as much fame as possible by staying alive. And each of the levels, like the levels open up in the different servers that they have. And uh, I don't really know what the <laughs> the levels are for, but they're, they're just like general areas that have um, enemies just all around the place of different levels. And you progress you grind and you kill enemies and they have quote unquote quote, quests where you just basically have to kill the monster and you get um the recognition that you complete the quest and it adds to your fame when you die uh there are caves and stuff like that you can kind of discover you kill an enemy and a cave will pop up from their corpse or something like that and then you go and you kill all the enemies in the cave and some things may require that you run with a party of like you know five six people or something like that but um, overall, it's just <clears throat> you run around and kind of shoot stuff like gauntlet almost, but um, more bullet helly from the other end. Like all the enemies are like, running around like crazy and shooting at you and take damage. You can heal yourself with potions. Priests have healing spells and everybody else has kind of like damage spells and things like that. Warriors are, like throwing their swords and archers are shooting arrows. Uh, there came a point one time when I played where the actual mad god like got mad. <laughs> <laughs> as, as he should. Um, I think we killed like. It's like I'm supposed to be mad right the... now, but I'm, I'm feeling kind of chill. Oh, oh, they're coming! Shit! Fuck! I gotta get mad now. Gotta get mad now. <laughs> bitch cheating, I think on, we bitch killed, cheating like, on me. The main guy in that area, and he's he got pissed off, and all of a sudden he like he absorbed the land. Basically, the land started turning black, and okay. his castle came. So everybody was in his castle, and that I guess that's the next part of the level where at first you just run around killing stuff, but then you actually go to the castle to kill the mad god Oryx. And I had died in the castle, so oh. I can't really say anything else because I, I was being overzealous. I was a, a, a priest, and I'm up there like, come on, guys, let's go. And I walked up in the front line and got died. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but now it seems like everybody's kind of doing this thing where, um, it's, it's realm. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look at it. Realm of the mm-hmm. mad God. Realm of the mad. Okay. God. Keep talking. I was just going to look at images. <clears throat> People are now doing, uh, this thing in the game where they're running around in a train and oh. it, it, it cheapens the game for me. But, um, I was playing with Pete one day and he's like, let's join the train. I'm like the train. But you never heard of train. No, I was just playing the game. So then people talking about, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the train, you know, teleport to, because you could teleport to any player in the game. A train is basically a whole bunch of players running around on the road, killing whatever they see. 
and it's like you know forty players just like running around. It, it's a madhouse. Like you're you you you're standing there, and it's just like you and a couple of enemies, and you like shoot the enemies, you die, they die, and you're just standing there in the woods by yourself, right? And you go teleport this guy, and all of a sudden it's just like mad bullets everywhere, whole bunch of people walking around really fast. I'm just picturing and the whistle tips. Keep up. I'm just picturing the whistle tips guy going woo woo. <laughs> And um, so they did. You you basically do that to 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 power level. Okay. And you're following whoever's the lead in the train, and they're killing everything that they see because there's forty people all in the same little clump shooting at the same time. So really, there's no there's no chance for any enemy to survive. And I I don't know. It's, it's like run, run around following people like that in, all day. A lot of the, the pictures that I'm seeing of this game are of this train you speak of, or what I think. Yes, the train that's is. the train. <laughs> it's like really, do I really want to do that all day? That's but, really um, funny. That's just funny looking. <laughs> Pete had a means to an end for it. He said that he really didn't want to um, grind. He wanted to get the level twenty on his characters to get the other characters because I didn't I thought you just had to get level five for each character to open up the next one. But then uh he had told me that that's only for the basic characters, but for the more advanced characters you have to get level twenty mm. in several other classes beforehand. So instead of doing it the long way of, you know, playing the game with a small group or whatever, he um joins the train. Which is perfectly fine. Run train on that bitch really doesn't really work for me because, um, you know, I'm not that serious about the game. Not that he's serious about the game any more than I am. You have too much class to run train on the Mad God. <laughs> I don't have too much class. <laughs> uh, I just don't play the game as often as um, I should if I was really keen on trying to get to, the, like, the last class, which is, like, a mystic, and apparently mystics are, like, the shit. Right. But um, other than that game... I have been playing some Sam and Max. I'm up to episode 104 now. And it's pretty funny. I'm still like on episode the, 101. The <laughs> I, I like um, all the different things that happen with Bosco. Um, I don't think you... No, I'm, I'm you still... I'm only half it, right? an hour in to episode 1. It, well, even half an hour in. The game's only two, three hours long. You should have been to the, the inconvenience store. Uh-uh. And seen Bosco. Uh-uh. Well... There's this convenience store at the end of the block, and there's a guy who runs it named Bosco. In every episode, this is in season one. Yeah. Okay. In every episode, he's doing something different to hide from the authorities, sort of, or to hide from whoever's around. And he is he basically he takes different nationalities, and he becomes this nationality. It is hilarious because you do the exact same things that you would do on the first episode. Like you ask him, "This is the thing where the you chicken is ask, speaking." Hmm? I don't know if you heard the chicken speaking. The chicken is speaking. What chicken? Oh, he. You really what can't the hear the hell? chicken. That's my stopwatch I hear alarm. It now. That's my stopwatch oh. alarm. Oh, okay. Sorry. I've never heard that. I was like, keep going. Let's All finish right. this out. I don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, there's this one bit that you could do every episode where you ask Bosco if he has things in his store, and he says no to like everything, and you. It always ends up in you asking him something that's funny, or you asking him something tripping him up, or you asking him something he actually winds up saying yes, um, but he doesn't really have it, or something like that. Mm. And so it's funny to go through each episode, and every episode he has this different accent. Like, 
Uh, for example, in episode 103, he's French. And so he does everything in a French accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm look, I'm looking forward to seeing like how this story is going to end too. And then I'd love to go into season two and, um, I, I don't feel like really talking about anything else, but I did play Meh. a little bit of the demo of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Mm. And I think, eh, I, I'd have to play it, I think, on a Xbox or something because, or maybe I have to plug in my controller and play it because I don't really like the, it doesn't feel good. Controls. Um, there's something about, I think maybe the mouse movements were too wild. I don't remember. I I played it like for 32 minutes, <laughs> and most of that time was spent trying to configure it because um, when I went into the game, it was black, and I had to turn off something. I think post processing, mm. so that it would work. And that's that's all I was playing. Um, I I would also like to mention that I bought Serious Sam two. I didn't even know there was a Serious Sam 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was one. And it, 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 it was met with lukewarm reception. That's why I kind of like stayed away from it. Mm-hmm. I think I bought it for like 10 bucks. Oh, okay. Because uh, on the big like Serious Sam collection sale, I'm like, oh, I have every Serious Sam game except, except for, for Serious Sam before First Encounter and 2. So I yeah. bought those. Why? I don't know. I, I'm still trying to get through the first Serious Sam. Yeah, I... um. I'm kind of done with the first series, Sam. Not that I, not that I like hate it, but it's just like, all right, I've had my fill. Like, I, I know what this is. I don't want to do any more of it. But I'm interested to see what, like, the, the, the different, the different spinoffs. Not the third shooter. Like, I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my tastes are regressing back to like RPGs because I'm playing my DS a lot now. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to actually see if I can finish the game. Right. Because eh, uh, I'm, I'm not really good at finishing shooters mm. at all. Yeah, they do. They do kind of get to that point where it's just like, all right, how much more am I going to shoot? <laughs> how much well, more? Well, for I... me, it's not that. It's that the a lot of old shooters, like the Doom Age shooters, Doom and Quake stuff. I mean, I I beat Quake, but um, they get to a point where managing health and ammo gets you. You wind up getting into a. Uh, I can't progress any further because I don't have enough health to get past this one wave of enemies. Mm. And yeah, you know, yeah. They don't. You don't get any respawn yeah. or anything. Yeah. And this is back. Your save or start off from the beginning. And this is back in the day before like uh, regenerative health. So exactly. Yeah. So that's the reason why I was I I was never really good at finishing shooters. So I usually try and challenge myself to actually play like like for example, Serious Sam. I'm really trying to play this game from start to finish and really keep in mind of my health and my my ammo so that I don't run into that situation like at stage 15. Right. Yeah. So. I, yeah. Um, horse, is it still alive or are we dead? Horse is dead. Okay. So, wanted to touch on two quick things possibly to think about for the next episode, although we might not record for so long that these things become irrelevant, but um, the one thing is, Al, I don't know if you heard about the whole fighting game community thing um, where they were doing a promotional uh, reality show um, for for uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, or Tekken Cross Street Fighter, whatever it's called. Is this this Cross Assault thing? Yes. I've only read various headlines, but I've never actually read the articles on Kotaku. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it, it spawned in it, like, Patrick Klepek on Giant Bomb wrote a really, um, well, as thorough as it could be at the time, uh, a write-up of, he wrote a write-up, whoa, of <laughs> just basically... Um, this one guy on a live stream, because the, the reality show is like, oh, teams practicing for a competition. 
Oh, and really? there's a girl there's a girl on one of the teams on Team Tekken and the leader of that team was basically like making sexist jokes like shit like oh yeah what's your bra size and like like does your boyfriend know your bra size or like you know I'm going to buy you a dress to wear for the competition so you can wear a dress you know shit like that Ugh. um really annoying you know so, like sexist somewhat misogynistic like n- you know not Snoop Doggy Dog level stuff but you know enough <laughs> enough to be like dude hey no fun yeah, but like, enough to be like, dude, how old are you? Like that type of stuff. And then Jared Rea, who runs Twitch, uh, who's a community manager for Twitch TV, on which the show is streaming, I believe. Um, Twitch okay. TV is like another Justin TV YouTube type. Of yeah, I know Twitch. Uh, a friend um, of mine runs Starcraft. Uh, oh, a, a Twitch uh, channel. Stuff. That? Nice. Uh, Twitch, yeah. Like he he kind of jumped in and they were having a discussion, a heated debate about like he's like, do you think it's really okay to be treating people like this? And he's like, well, the fighting game community, this is you know sexual harassment has been part of the fighting game community for ten to fifteen years. That's just the way it is. If you don't like your sandwich without, if you don't like onions, you get your sandwich without onions. You don't have the onions, so don't try to turn the fighting game community into something it's not. You know, and that was his stance. Um, and it's it's and you know he has since released like a a, a very very poor apology. Like the, I don't, I don't buy the apology, but he released something to say. Like the, I said something here to the moment, and I'm just trying to protect the community that I've been part of for 15 years. And it's one of those things where it's just like, where forget about how moronic this is for a second, and just think about like how communities treat outsiders and how they treat the idea of trying to get bigger and trying to become more acceptable and what things you have to sacrifice as part of that community, what things shouldn't be considered a sacrifice because they're stupid in the first place. And, like, you know what I mean? Because it, it got me thinking about, like, how I feel about casual games and, and iPhone games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a very interesting topic, not only for the sexual harassment thing, which I think needs to be, you know, paid attention to, but also just how communities treat each other in general. Um, and then the second thing, you know, to think about for, for you listeners out there is, Al, if you want to really, really quickly um, talk about the Dark Souls thing, like in two, in two minutes or so, sum it up, like what, what it is. So, just so that they can, they, they're familiar with the article and, you know, can look oh. it up. And... Well, um, man, well, I linked you to the article. I was trying to get names. Oh. Um, so okay, so the guy's name is Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson, And he the basic the basic premise the the question the deck after the headline is is a 100 hour video game ever worthwhile? And before there are uh, you know knee jerk reactions, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Al, because you read this more thoroughly than I. I literally skimmed over it. Oh, I read the entire article. Like, and and I skimmed over, it, so you correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems that the basic premise is not yo video games are stupid. It's more like do you. Do you really get anything out of playing a video game for a hundred hours? That's like a Dark Souls or like a like a uh, like an Oblivion, not, not, like a Skyrim. Um, and it seems that his argument is he's not just talking about video games; he's talking about anything. Because he, he he does say like if War and Peace was five thousand pages, would you really get anything extra out of that? No, no, um, no. Not only if it was five thousand pages, but if it was five thousand pages, and if you stumbled upon a word that you didn't understand, that you'd be knocked back fourteen pages. Yeah. Which which and which is which I think again. which is his direct comparison to how how to Dark, Souls. Um, Dark Souls kind of like pushes you back, um, and and like not having played it, I'm not going to pass judgment on it, and I can see why that like pisses some people off. But like from what I've seen of what people play of it and people who like the game describe it, it's just like that's an interesting thought. Like the, it's, it is it, interesting. It's, it's interesting. Me, I honestly think that um, if I was reading War and Peace and I ran into a word that I w- didn't understand. That probably would be knocked back fourteen pages. Right, right. <laughs> like, damn, I gotta read this again because I don't really understand what I just got up to. 
Right. And and then, you know, so so from I don't know what his background in games is. So I don't know if if he is really just targeting this game and the phenomenon that it spawns or if he does know about games and he's questioning is a roguelike ever worth it? Because that's basically what a roguelike does. You know, it's like, yo, mm-hmm. guess what? You spent X amount of hours on this shit. Boom! The fuck you want now, bitch? Oh, I'm going to play again. That's right. And what are you going to do when I knock you back? I'm going to play you more. That's right. Because I'm not going to give you any leeway, and you're going to play me over and over and over and over and over again, and then you say yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's on Slate.com. The author's name is Michael Thompson, T-H-O-M-S-E-N. Um, Michael is spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L, because, you know, some people reverse the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Slate.com. The article is called Dark Night After Night After Night of the Soul. Is a 100-hour video game ever worthwhile? Um, and, and I do think it's interesting. I, 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 re- I, I started reading it a little bit, and I started to question. That's, and, and that's uh, the, re- the reason why I bring this up and for people to think about, and maybe we can talk about this next week, is because I just went through almost a similar thing with, with fucking Shin Megami Tensei. Mm-hmm. Like, now, which is not the same exact thing. Okay. There's a, a rebuttal. Oh, right. Okay. On Edge Online. Okay. By Jason Killingsworth. And Jason he basically supports the idea of a 100-hour video game being worthwhile, and he essentially attacks Michael Thompson's article uh, piece by piece mm. with uh, his own basic, you know, I mean, right. shit. With his basic page, shit. <laughs> four-page article. Uh, or should I say a four-page opinion post-editorial. Uh, um, so... That I haven't read because I just heard about this this morning. Actually, this was uh, posted yesterday. But uh, essentially, it seems like Jason Killingsworth, I'm not saying that that's his intention, but if you are a a gamer, you could kind of call that like the cavalry coming in, like cutting off heads, talking about this is my house. Apparently, he really dismantles the articles in support of video. I mean, the arguments in the other article in support of video games, right? As opposed to <clears throat> saying, you know, like because of the fact that like a lot of people, even including me, after reading that article, felt like Michael Thompson was attacking video games in general, not right. just Dark Souls and not just RPGs, not just trial and error, and very difficult games, very long games, but like all games as a whole, right? Um. Which which I need to read which I need to read it in depth because I don't get that at all from it but I need to read I haven't well, read it in depth. He says certain things like uh, certain generalizing comments about how every game not every game but how every game has a timer on it to show you just how long or how much of your life you spent on it. Like it's it's almost like it's taunting you like ha 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 you spent two hundred and three hours of your life playing me and you got nothing out of it. That's that's something that he says that I I pulled that out of it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, you know, just because I decide to spend my time on the train or on the bus playing Pokemon and that ends up being 203 hours or 250 hours over the course of a year doesn't mean that I've wasted my life. It means that I've decided to do something on the bus or train to entertain myself. And it just didn't happen to be reading Tolstoy. Yeah. I, I don't think he meant it that way because I'm I'm trying to read it that way now. But, like, I've I've certainly felt times where I'm like – wow, why did I spend so many hours on this? Like, I have felt that way. And I think that may be where, as an author, as someone who plays games, he, he is coming from. But that, that, that's, that's, you know, certainly up for debate. I, I, I am really interested in this now that I'm reading it even more, and I need to stop reading it because then I'll keep talking about it. Yeah. And we gotta go. It's uh, 7 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, shit! It's 7 o'clock! I need to buy fish.
I do, because I'm cooking fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, um, apparently there are places that you can find us. I don't know where, though. Al, do you know where? No, but this knows where. You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh, yeah. I have a band. and uh, He has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com, R-O-C-A.com. F-U-E-R-T-E, musica, with nay at the end. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and you can find their album, Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very on the Amazon.com, barely. Amazon.com MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's other places too. iTunes, uh, Spotify, Zune. Uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows? Uh, anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R Y V V N. R Y V V N. And if you like don't you... alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter at ryvvn.com slash twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no other place. That's the only important. place to live. No other place is important. Okay. And you can find me, obviously, at Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also obviously visit us at trygames.net at trygames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net, or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit friends of the site. You can visit our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com. The other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us and we're both awesome at austindlight.com. Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got... James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. It does know where. Wow. How did you pull that so, out of your ass? Um, uh, actually, I pulled it out. No, <laughs> and also, you can find Pete on Riven. No. On YouTube.com slash Riven. So. Uh huh. Um, but yes, uh, we're not dead. Remember that. I mean, like, I know it's been a month, but we're still doing this every so often. So send us email. And in fact, the less we do it, the more email can pile up if you send stuff. So send stuff. Please. Um, yes, please. So, uh, with that, I would like to say, Al, mm. any last words? No. No last words. I think my baby's making our last words, if you can hear that from all the way back there in the other room. Hi, Zaya. Yeah, get it? I just I I com- I combined the words because I'm yeah. Like that. yeah. He's trying to say it. Hi, Zaya. Um. Well, yeah. That's that's Al, and I've been Austin. That'll do it for this 233rd episode of the Chai Kids on Net podcast. And I said that because I forgot to announce the episode number at the beginning because I didn't know what number it was. 
Mm-hmm. Write us, mailbag at trackheads.net, tweet us, Dreadmage, or Mr. Chupon with an O. Um, we're running train on this realm of mad... Yeah, we're gone. Yeah.